Trans activists are losing their minds over state legislation that is protecting kids from body mutilating procedures and medications that are being given to them in the name of so-called gender affirmation. And then other states are passing legislation to become havens for these kinds of of terrifying procedures. So there's good news and there's bad news when it comes to the kinds of laws that states are passing. We're also going to talk about that NYC subway rider that died after being put in a headlock during an outburst on the train and the different reactions to that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about anthropology. What the heck? Using a man to model their female clothing. What in the world? We've got a lot to get through today. This episode of Relatable is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. We've almost made it through this week. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. That's exciting. I don't know if you and your loved ones celebrate wherever you are, but you should have at least a quesadilla or something to mark the day tomorrow. Um, I'm a little under the weather. I just got like a little cold. I don't even feel bad. So maybe it's just allergies. But if you hear that I sound more nasally than usual, then that is that is why. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to get through today because the last two days they've been interviews and so I haven't been able to get through all of the news that I want to get through. I will try to get through them as quickly as possible. I probably won't because knowing myself and my history, it's basically impossible to do that. But okay, first let's talk about the story that everyone's talking about on Twitter this morning. We didn't even plan to talk about it. It wasn't part of the original rundown, but because... I just know so many of you are going to ask me, what about this story? What do you think about it? I wanted to go ahead and give you a little bit of a rundown about this this man, 30-year-old man, Jordan Neely, who was killed um, during an outburst that he was having on the New York City subway. The reason why it's become a big deal um, is not only was he killed, but also he was a homeless person. He apparently was ranting and raving about not having any food, not having any shelter. He was put in a headlock by a white man. So people are calling this a lynching. People are calling this racism. And there are protests. If we have pictures of that and you're watching on YouTube, we can put that out there. Are protests outside the NYC subway saying that this is racism going unchecked in New York City. That That's the reason why this black homeless person was killed. But of course, there is more to the story. So let's back up a little bit. This is according to the New York Post. On Monday, a 30-year-old man, Jordan Neely, was put in a headlock when he began acting erratically and making threats to passengers on the subway just before 2.30 p.m. The man was shouting on the F train that he was hungry and thirsty, but did not attack anyone before he was placed in a chokehold. He had, however, started to throw garbage at fellow commuters, according to freelance journalist Juan Alberto Vasquez, who was there. He said, I don't have food. I don't have a drink. I'm fed up. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. I'm ready to die, which is obviously very sad. Now, I will say there are a lot of resources in New York City for those who do not have resources, those who do not have a home, who don't have shelter, who don't have food, who don't have anything to drink. There are a lot of places, thankfully, that provide that kind of thing. There's also a lot of government help. That's why there are so many homeless people who are in those kind of city centers in New York because there are so many resources for him. Obviously, this guy has some mental health problems. Um, 
He has had numerous past arrests. Um, According to Newsweek, 42 prior arrests for offenses, including assault. It's pretty serious. Disorderly conduct and fair evasion. Um, At the time of his death, he had a warrant out for his arrest in a November 2021 case where he was accused of assaulting a 67-year-old woman in the East Village. Uh, The man, uh, he's 24 years old, who put Neely in the chokehold. Apparently, he's a Marine veteran. He was taken into custody. He was later released without any charges. The city medical examiner did say that Neely died due to compression of the neck, and the death is being investigated. Of course, people are saying that this was a murder. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a relatable fave, tweeted, Jordan Neely was murdered, but because Jordan was houseless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself, while many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting. Obviously, there's something there's something wrong and inconsistent about this take because the real failure here, the real failure here is the criminal justice system in New York, which didn't do anything about this person who has 42 prior arrests. Now, maybe he has some mental health problems. Maybe the underlying issue here is poverty. But look, for someone to be arrested and released 42 times, wouldn't you say that that's a problem? That's not compassion for Jordan Neely. That's not compassion to his victims. That's not compassion for the innocent people of New York. That is a broken criminal justice system. Does that sound like a criminal justice system in New York City that is militarizing itself, according to AOC, that is actually taking law enforcement seriously? No, that means that we we have a very sick problem in the United States, especially in these major cities, with how we deal with crime, how we deal with those who need help. Maybe he needed mental health help, but however he was treated, he did need to be separated from the rest of society so that he was not constantly harassing and assaulting innocent people so that they can't live their lives peacefully. Now, all that to say, does that mean that he deserved the death penalty from this person who put him in a chokehold? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not an advocate of vigilante justice. Now, if this was a case of self-defense, and we don't really know, I guarantee there's going to be more footage, more facts that come out here. Um, But if he was really threatening violence, if he was putting this guy who put him in a chokehold or the innocent people around him in imminent physical danger, um, then this wasn't vigilantism. This was a form of self-defense. But citizens should never have to be put in the position to have to protect themselves and the people around them in this way when it's so clear that law enforcement and the system in New York City have failed. They have failed to actually protect their innocent, their innocent citizens from someone who is known to be a serial, violent criminal. Now, of uh, pertaining to the charge of racism, that this was a lynching, that this happened because he was black and this white person was just looking to inflict violence upon a black person. 
there's obviously no evidence of that. And actually, if you will put up, we'll put up a still. I don't know if we can actually play the video because YouTube might, you know, give us a strike for that or they might say, no, you can't do that because it's violence. But we can put up a picture that we have, which is a screenshot of the video that shows all of the people who are holding him down. And what you'll see is that there is a variety of ethnicity going on here. You've got black people that are restraining him. You've got a white man that's restraining him. Like this is a multicultural effort to try to restrain this black man. And so, of course, because the media likes to stoke this kind of revision. They like the race wars. They like the racial resentment. They, the media really likes black people angry at white people. They really like to stoke that kind of fear, that kind of suspicion of underlying and constant white supremacy. They will focus on the fact that there was a white man among the many people restraining him that put him in a chokehold. The fact of the matter is there were many people responsible for this. Again, I'm not defending the actions because I just don't know the proper context and I don't think a disproportionate reaction to someone who is maybe just verbally harassing people is the right way to go. I am in favor of law enforcement actually doing something. But look, places like New York have become so chaotic and so violent and I think people have kind of thrown up their hands in despair in a lot of in a lot of ways because they don't actually trust the system to be able to protect them from violence and from threats that unfortunately you're going to see more situations like this and the only person the only people that are being demonized are the people who ended up assaulting and very sadly and tragically um killing this guy Again, I'm not saying that's right, but look, there are a lot of different factors that led up to this moment that played into this. And like I said, you've got a bunch of protesters outside F train, apparently saying, you know, this is so awful. We're protesting this. Yeah, it is awful that this guy died. But there have been multiple murders in the subway that these people did not protest. There have been other assaults, other terrible incidents that have happened where people Similar to Jordan Neely, people probably with mental health issues, people on drugs, just criminals, violent people, pushing innocent people and children in front of trains, assaulting people, pulling knives out, harassing people, intimidating people with violence. I mean, there's been all kinds of terrible incidents that have basically gone unchecked on the subway and no one was protesting for that. But again, this is just an opportunity for the left-wing media to stoke racial resentment and to stoke that kind of division and hatred that doesn't have to be there. It's not actually relevant to the story at all just to get people active, just to get people, again, to keep pushing this narrative that white supremacy is the problem, that white violence against black people is pervasive. It's not. It's not even common statistically. As we've said many times, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, it is much more likely for a white person to be killed by a black person than vice versa, despite black people only accounting for a small percentage of the population. Now, most violence is between white people and white people, black people and black people, Hispanic people and Hispanic people, intraracial violence. But if you want to look at statistics, like if we're going to fearmonger and say that one kind of violence is a big, pervasive problem, well, then we're going to have to actually look at the numbers and to see what's more statistically likely. White violence, white murder against a black person is not statistically likely at all comparatively. 
Um, and so I just don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's truthful. I don't think it's just or compassionate or wise to turn this into a racial story. The only thing that does is divide and bring apart and bring down. And it does nothing to edify. And it doesn't paint it doesn't paint the whole picture. And actually, it distracts us from the real problems that led to something like this, which is a lack of proper tools, mechanisms in place to be able to prevent crime, to protect innocent communities from people who commit crimes so that people don't go out and commit vigilante justice, which I think is bad and, and not something that is going to help society ultimately. The system, in a lot of ways, failed in this case. They failed Jordan Neely. They failed the people on the subway. They're failing the people of New York City. And only now are people like AOC and others getting up in arms about what happened. Well, there's a lot of things that could have happened over the years, over the course of his 42 to 44 arrests that could have prevented something like this. Um, it's really sad. I mean, this is an image bearer of God. This is, it's sad that he died, especially that he died in this way. This is, this is something that we can mourn over without jumping on a narrative that is not truthful and is not righteous and is not compassionate. All right, let's move on from that story and talk about a couple more things. Let me pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Range Leather. All right, pretty much every sponsor that I'm going to talk about over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be telling you that it's a good Mother's Day gift because, and I'm being serious, most of these things are really good Mother's Day gifts and they're unique. I, I just, let me just tell you right now, I, just speaking generally, Relata Bros, your wife probably doesn't want flowers. She just probably doesn't. She probably wants something. She probably wants to sleep, first of all. She probably wants to take a nap. So that would be great. But in addition to that, you could get her something from Range Leather. Range Leather is a family-owned company, Kyle and Bailey. They're relatable fans. They started their leather company from their kitchen table a couple years ago. And so they make all their leather goods themselves in Laramie, Wyoming. Highest quality leather, age-old techniques. They last forever. I absolutely love my stuff from Range Leather. I've got a bag from Range Leather. My husband has a wallet. I've got earrings. They're just amazing, high quality, really, really cute stuff. And plus, you can support a company that supports our values, all American made. And again, lots of great jewelry there that would make a great Mother's Day present. Go to rangeleather.com. Use coupon code Allie at checkout for 15% off your first order. Rangeleather.com, code Allie. Rangeleather.com, code Allie. All right, let's move on to Texas where there's other chaos going on. So Texas is considering Senate Bill 14 right now, which would prohibit doctors from providing so-called, this is according to the Dallas Morning News, this is the language they use, gender affirming treatments like puberty blockers. Now, if that is, there is no more Orwellian phrase than that. Gender affirming treatments like puberty blockers. So you are stopping a natural process in the body in order to affirm someone's gender. Try explaining that to someone from like 10 years ago. Puberty blockers in children, a natural, necessary process that the body, that the mind has to go through for normal, healthy maturation. This is something that we are allowing to happen for children. And Dallas Morning News is calling it gender 
affirming. Look, if you're actually affirming someone's gender, you don't block their puberty to do that. But of course, they have a different definition of gender than sane people do. Gender apparently is something that you just come up with in your mind and not something that your body dictates at all. Um, Hormone therapy, they say, or surgery intended to transition the biological sex of any child under the age of 18. All of this is nonsense. You can't transition your sex. Can't transition your gender either. Those those words are actually interchangeable. Um, you can't transition your biology. Nothing's going to change your gametes. Nothing's going to change your DNA. You can change different parts of your body to appear to be a certain way, but even then, it's usually not very successful, especially if you're a man trying to look like a woman. Um, But here's what the bill says. Senate Bill 14 in the Texas State Legislature, for the purpose of transitioning a child's biological sex as determined by the sex organs, chromosomes, and endogenous profiles of the child or affirming the child's perception of the child's sex, if that perception is inconsistent with the child's biological sex, a a physician or healthcare provider may not knowingly perform a surgery that sterilizes the child, including castration, vasectomy, hysterectomy. Uh, uh, I don't even know all these words. Uh, uh, Metoidplasty, uh, orchiectomy, panectomy, phalloplasty, and vaginoplasty perform a mastectomy, provide prescribed, administer, or dispense any of the following prescription drugs that induce transient or permanent infertility, puberty suppression, or blocking prescription drugs to stop or delay normal puberty. doses of testosterone to females or like um, things that are that are not okay so supra physiologic and that just means uh, a level of testosterone that would not be normal in the female body you can't give that level of testosterone to a female or an undue dose of estrogen to a male and number four remove any otherwise healthy or non-diseased body part or tissue duh Duh, you can't do that for children. I'm sorry. You can't give a minor double mastectomy because she's confused about her gender. She probably is on the autism spectrum. She probably is bipolar. She's probably been sexually assaulted. She probably has an eating disorder. She probably has body dysmorphia. You are not helping her by taking off healthy body parts because she says that she's the opposite sex. Address the underlying issues if you really care about anything other than lining your pockets. I mean, really, the state legislators, a state legislator shouldn't have to do this. They shouldn't have to do this. This should violate the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. No doctor should be even willing to do this just ethically and morally. But because there are so many doctors who have given into this ideology, who are scared of the political pressure, they're scared of the left-wing activists, and because many of them just don't care. They just don't have any moral qualms with it because it makes them rich. And it's it's it even gives them virtue points at this point. Um, they'll just go along with it. And so, yes, it is the role of the state to say, OK, doctors, you can't do this. You are going to be criminally liable if you butcher children. Of course, this is logical. Transgender rights activists filled the gallery Uh, at the Texas Capitol where they were debating this and chanted, protect trans kids. There's no such thing as a trans kid. Let me just say that. There's no such thing as a trans kid. There is a kid who may be confused about their gender or who has been told that they're confused about their gender, but there's no such thing as a trans kid. 
And we're here, we're queer, we won't disappear to disrupt proceedings so the officers cleared the gallery of protesters. Here's what some of those beautiful protesters looked like. Protect trans kids! Oh, man, there's a lot going on there. You know, they always look like that. Uh, I was trying to look up. Do you remember in C.S. Lewis's Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe? When he is describing the witch's army, he's describing Jadis's army. And then he's describing Aslan's army. And what they looked like, what Jadis's army looked like compared to Aslan's army, it always reminds me of these kinds of left-wing protesters who I'm not saying that they naturally are ugly people. I'm not even talking about their facial structure, their bone structure, anything like that, but how they have morphed themselves to look, how they have tattooed their body, pierced their body, changed their hair, the kind of clothes that they wear, sometimes to look like the opposite sex or to look not like a normal human. It's so grotesque. Like, it's so dark, it's so clearly demonic that every time I see them, I'm like, it reminds me of the ghouls and the goblins that are described by C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They don't only look like that, but they seem to be possessed in some way. Um, and I don't call everyone who is evil demon-possessed, because I think those are different categories. Now, we understand from Ephesians 2 that you are either under the authority of Satan, the prince of the power of the air, or you have been bought by grace through through faith um, in Christ. So you're either an enemy of God or a friend of God, whether you have been reconciled to God uh, through Christ. And so that is a reality. So I don't know if these people are actually demon-possessed or if they are just evil, like if they are just playing the part of the enemy's army. Either way, like there is a rabidity to these people. They are almost literally, like if you're watching that on YouTube, they're almost foaming at the mouth. And of course, when you just stop to consider what they are actually advocating for, they, they are angry that it is illegal, will be illegal to butcher the body of a minor, to render them permanently sterile because they're confused about their gender. Now, what they will say is that this is killing kids. This is causing suicide in kids when there is no No objective data proving that. Actually, the best data that we have shows that most kids grow out of any perceived confusion or real confusion that they might have about their gender after puberty. And isn't that better? Like, why would we want a kid to be confused about their gender and to maim their body? And to pause puberty. All the people who say that pausing puberty or going on cross-sex hormones or even just socially transitioning, that it's harmless, that it's temporary, that is not true. You do not, we don't even know all of the physical, physiological, and psychological consequences that that has on a young person who is actually being forced to not mature in a normal way. And again, like I will ask you, and you can look at some of the people that were protesting there. And like, I would say that this probably applies to some of the people that you, that you saw there. Again, I will ask, what category of person, what kind of person benefits from or likes the idea of 
kids being trapped in perpetual adolescence by putting off their puberty. Because that, that's what happens. Like if you put off your puberty, okay, then your body doesn't grow, doesn't mature, doesn't form the same way that it would if you went through that natural and good puberty process. You look like a child for much longer and you also think and act like a child for much longer. Now, what kind of person likes that? What kind of person likes that delayed maturation? What kind of person likes the idea of there being masses of children who don't go through puberty? What kind of person likes prepubescent children and likes to talk about all of the procedures and all of the things that have to do with their genitalia, uh, genitalia and sexuality and identity? There, it's not a coincidence that we keep seeing some overlap there, right? So Texas legislators stay strong. You are unequivocally, objectively on the right side of this. You are on the side of truth. You are on the side of justice. You are on the side of beauty. You are on the side of goodness, period. In no world should this be legal. So it's sad that we even need, again, legislation on this. And the people on the other side of this issue are deluded. They're completely and totally deluded and depraved. It's Romans 1 made manifest. And to just prove again that this crossover that we, sent, that we tend to see between absolute sexual perversion and this kind of identity madness is not coincidental, um, that it's actually very consistent and persistent. We'll move on to our next story, which is in the state of Minnesota. Let me pause and tell you about our next sponsor before we get there. And that is Naturally It's Clean. So if you feel like you just need to sanitize yourself after a story like that and the one that we are about to read, well, I think the best thing that you can do for your mind, of course, is to read your Bible. But if you need to clean your countertops too or your clothes, then you should be getting your products from Naturally It's Clean. They have Amazing ingredients. They're all made out of plant enzymes. So it's a lot safer for your home, for your pets, for your kids, for you, because they don't have any of those crazy toxic chemicals or fragrances. Um, most of the stuff, like if you want totally fragrance free stuff, they have all of that. I love their fragrance free multi surface cleaner, their stain remover, their laundry detergent, their stainless steel cleaner. I use all of this stuff. Their carpet cleaner amazing. Those of you who have kids out there, you know how much you need all of this stuff like constantly. And I just love knowing that it's safer for my family. Bob Vila says that Naturally It's Clean has the most eco-friendly carpet stain remover on the market today. So that's pretty cool. You can go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. You get an additional 15% off for a limited time by visiting naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. For that 15% off, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. All right, let's look at the state of Minnesota. So on Thursday, April 27th, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz signed legislation, um, the Trans Refuge Act, that makes the state a haven for those seeking abortions or gender quote unquote transitions. It also allows for the courts to seize emergency custody over a child if he slash she is prevented from receiving quote unquote gender affirming care. So, I mean, this really just builds off of the conversation that we had on Tuesday um, with the woman who was trying to adopt in the state of Oregon. And she was told, sorry, you can't unless you say that one day you will go along with cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers for a potential child that you adopt. So it's more important to make sure that kids are orphans. It's more important um, 
that, or rather, I would say it's more important to these liberal states that these children are able to mutilate their bodies than it is for them to have a safe and secure home. They would rather them be orphans than to stay in a home that doesn't agree with the maiming of bodies of kids who say that they're confused. It's really, really sick. And again, like I just want to ask, how can a Christian vote Democrat? How can you? Even if you're like, yeah, but guns. Yeah, but immigration. Yeah, but welfare. I'm sorry, these things are too stark. The position on gender that the Democrat Party has, the position on abortion that the Democrat Party has, that's it. No, there's nothing that you can tell me that would justify a Christian voting for this party. Now, you might say, you know what? I can't vote for Republicans either, or I just can't vote. Okay, like I can tolerate those positions. I don't know. I don't agree with you necessarily, but okay, that's that's fine. Or you want to vote third party or you want to write in. Okay, we can have that discussion. I think that's a reasonable discussion and debate to have. Again, that's not the path I go down, but I get that. I do not understand how a Christian can vote Democrat. There is no justification for it. You are perpetuating this kind of sickness and depravity and Satan is cheering every step of the way. So let's go. This is not even the worst of this. This is not even the worst of this. Uh, Before this bill was signed, the law recognized only abandonment and abuse as grounds for a court taking custody of a child. But this bill has a third category. The child has been unable to obtain gender affirming health. You hear that, parents? In the state of Minnesota, if you decide that you don't want your child to go on puberty blockers because they decided on their anime obsessed subreddit that they were the opposite sex, then you get your child taken away from you and they go into the system where they will receive all of these body mutilating hormones and surgeries. And who will be there holding their hand when they figure out that they've made a huge mistake and that they no longer want to live? It won't be you, parent. It'll actually be no one because the state doesn't care about them. These social workers don't care about them. These doctors don't care about them. They just want the money. They just want the accolades. They just want the activism points. They don't care about your child. If their child goes through this is permanently sterile. If your child goes through this and wants to commit suicide, they won't shed a tear. It's evil. You can't vote for these people. You can't. Okay, but here's a part of this. The proposed pedophilia protection that is a part of this. The Minnesota State Legislature is also considering a proposed bill that makes updates to the current Minnesota Human Rights Act legitimizing pedophilia. So um, the current Human Rights Act protects against discrimination based on sexual orientation defined as having or being perceived as having emotional, physical or sexual attachment to another person without regard to the sex of that person or having or being perceived as having an orientation for such attachment or having or being perceived as having a self-image or identity not traditionally associated with one's biological maleness or femaleness. Uh, The current law also includes the caveat sexual orientation does not include a physical or sexual attachment to children by an adult. So it's basically saying, look, we're talking about all different kinds of sexual orientations, however many you want to say that there is, but we are not talking about pedophilia. That's what the current Minnesota Human Rights Act says. But the Take Pride Act was authored by Rep. Lee Fink, who is a man who thinks he's a woman and identifies as a woman. Um, He proposed this bill. 
uh, that creates a new separate definition for gender identity. Gender identity means a person's inherent sense of being a man, woman, both or neither. A person's gender identity may or may not correspond to their assigned sex at birth or their primary secondary sex characteristics. A person's gender identity is not necessarily visible to the others. So it's saying you can't be discriminated against because you're a man who thinks that he's a woman in a variety of contexts in the state of Minnesota. That's problematic enough. That's problematic enough because you should be able to say, sorry, we're a domestic abuse shelter. You man that thinks that you're a woman, you're not going to be allowed in here. That should absolutely be legal. Um, But that's not even the most troubling part of this. Also in his bill, he proposes removing the clause in the Minnesota Human Rights Act that says sexual orientation does not include physical or sexual attachment to children by an adult. You hear that? So he's removing that. He's saying, yes, that actually is a sexual orientation, an adult being attracted to a child that should be protected under human rights law. This so-called transgender representative in the state of Minnesota. He defended the measure to Fox News and said that the measure updates outdated language that incorrectly ties pedophilia to a person's sexual orientation, which is not true. Nothing in the bill changes or weakens any crimes against children or the state's ability, he says, uh, to prosecute those who break the law. Of course, pedophilia is not a sexual orientation, Fink says. Uh, the language never should have been included in the statutory definition. In the first place, crimes against children are located in Minnesota's criminal statutes. They remain on. They remain unchanged. But of course, this is a cover. Why would he touch this? Why would, why would he say anything about this at all? Why would he want to remove this? This just makes it explicitly clear that pedophilia is not a sexual orientation that is protected. And he wants to remove that. I think that that's a story. If he didn't want any suspicion of creepiness or predation, he shouldn't have said anything about that. By the way, Lee Fink was named one of USA Today's 2023 Women of the Year in March. We'll put up a picture of Sweet Lee. Um, so. That's what's happening. That's what's happening in the state of Minnesota. But there is some good news. There's some good news that's going on um, in different states. And uh, I'll, I'll read you that in just a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is Good Ranchers. This is another great Mother's Day gift. This is also a great Father's Day gift. Related gals, related bells. Sylvan decided on that. If you are already thinking about Father's Day, get them, get your, get your baby daddy, get your husband, father of your children, um, a subscription to Good Ranchers. I think that's a great gift or just get him a box of Good Ranchers, but that subscription, you also save some money on that. Plus just being able to rely on American beef and chicken showing up at your front door on dry ice every month, being able to put that stuff in a deep freezer, like that just gives you so much security. Uh, another thing to not have to think about when you go to the grocery store and worrying about like this mRNA stuff in our meat and worrying about the rising cost of meat. Like it's just a lot to think about now with grocery shopping. You don't have to worry about that with Good Ranchers. It's uh, sustainably sourced. It's ethically raised. It's all American meat. No mRNA junk in it. I mean, it's really good stuff. We make it almost every night. It just makes our lives easier and taste a lot better and healthier as well. It's a great way to make sure that you're staying on track with your health goals too. Also, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals for every box that is ordered. So you can just feel good about this all around. Plus the people at Good Ranchers, 
They're amazing people. They align with our values. They're fighting for the things that you and I are. There's really no reason not to order your meat from Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code Allie at checkout for $30 off. GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie for $30 off your order. GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Okay, so some good news. Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, North Dakota, Indiana, and Idaho are among the most recent states to pass laws that ban these harmful gender procedures on minors and protect sex-specific spaces. Yes and amen. Another reason not to be confused about like which party is at least more in line with righteousness and truth. Not completely. Neither one ever will be, but it's really not hard, guys. Like it's not that complicated. So on Monday, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill into law, Senate Bill 613, banning so-called gender-affirming care for minors with the possibility of a felony charge for healthcare professionals who provide it. Bam. Effective immediately, the ban prohibits surgeries, puberty blocking medication, and hormone treatments for those under the age of 18. Praise God. Also last week, Kansas legislators enacted what the AP calls the most sweeping transgender bathroom law in the U.S. by overriding Democratic Governor uh, Laura Kelly's veto with a two-thirds majority. Woo! Uh, The law will take effect July First, SB 180 legally defines male and female based on the sex assigned at birth. I hate that language, but I get what they're trying to do. Assigned at birth and protect separate spaces based on the sex of an individual. The law specifically names athletics prisons or other detention facilities, domestic violence shelters, rape crisis centers, locker rooms, restrooms, and other areas where biology, safety, or privacy are implicated. I'm sorry, a man doesn't want to go into a rape crisis center for any innocuous reason. You just don't. We have to be able to protect those places. You know, those women are getting raped in prisons in Washington and California because of the gender identities, uh, identity laws there. Those vulnerable, helpless women are being raped and sometimes impregnated by these violent men who suddenly identify as women and get moved to the women's prison. Yes, it is the job of the state to protect those women. Absolutely. And for all of you, oh, social justice advocates, criminal justice advocates, what about those women? Do you care about them? Stop voting Democrat then. Uh, The law says there are important governmental objectives to protecting the health, safety, and privacy of individuals in such circumstances. Yes and amen. Two weeks ago, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum signed House Bill 1254 into law preventing so-called gender-affirming procedures for minors in early April. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb signed Senate Bill 480 into law in Idaho. Governor Brad Little enacted House Bill 71, both banning gender transition procedures for minors. Yes and amen. Good. That's great. I am very thankful for that. And you know what? Don't think that your voice doesn't matter. I know things look dark. I know they look depraved. I know they look helpless. But don't think that your social media post, that your truthful conversation, that your sermon pastor, that you're standing for truth, that you're attending or speaking at your school board meeting or every single step that you take in the way of what is good and right and true doesn't matter. Don't think that. Don't be misled into thinking that your voice, even if you feel like you're only influencing a small circle of people, doesn't count. It does. It is one brick that is placed in the path to what is good, right, and just and true. You don't know what flap of the butterfly uh, butterfly wing you are, but you do know that you are called as a Christian to simply do the next right thing, say the next true thing. That's all we can ever do in private and in public. It matters. It matters. All right. I just want to talk about one last story. It's silly. 
but it's important. And speaking of like our, our voices having an impact and like having a say, I do think that our voices could have a say when it comes to anthropology's decision to be really stupid and to go along with this radical, crazy, insane agenda that says that men can be women. So here is the latest post on Anthropology's Instagram page as of yesterday. Yellow. Okay, I want to I first I want to show like uh if we can show a still of this man's back. What you right there, right there. Let me just show you the person that they decided was going to be the model for these dresses. He cannot even zip up the dress in the back. So if you are listening to this, he this is a man um, and he is modeling some of Anthropology's clothes. I don't know if he got paid for this or if he just posted it and they reposted it. Either way, they thought, okay, this person is a good model for our clothes. This is a man. He's apparently a ballerina. Incredible dancer. It's nothing about that. I mean, this is very impressive, the little like number that he just did. You know, he could probably be a male model and all of that good stuff. It's not about that. It's not about him not being handsome or anything. It's about the fact that he is a man and he is wearing women's clothes for a women's clothing line. And one of the dresses that he puts on to model, he cannot zip up in the back. If you're listening to this, we did a still of his back. He can't zip up this flapper dress because it is not made. It is not made for men. It's not because he's overweight. It's not because the dress is too small of a size. It is because he is a man. And the dimensions of a man's chest and, and shoulders are going to be very different from that of a woman's. And so he can't zip it up. And here's my question to you, anthropology. How often, how often do you choose a female model to model clothing that they cannot fit? Would you put a woman on display who was wearing a dress that they could not zip up? Would you put that on your Instagram? Would you put that on your website? A model wearing clothes that she clearly couldn't zip up or couldn't button on the side that was clearly too small for her because it wasn't made for her? No, you wouldn't make that kind of exception for a woman. You only make that kind of exception for a man. Which shows me actually that you elevate the position of this man wearing women's clothes more than you do a woman wearing women's clothes. And some people are still asking the question, why would anthropology, why would a clothing line like this uh, do this? Don't they know their audience? I mean, they really do. Anthropology has a very large, I would say like conservative Christian audience for, for whatever reason, not audience, but uh, clientele, customer base. And I have been shopping at Anthropology at least for 15 years. They've taken a lot of my money over the years. And not that I thought that they were conservative or aligned with my values in any way. I just thought that they made very unique and beautiful clothes for women that I have bought many, many times over the years. And I, of course, I, I still love their clothes and the variety that they, that they offer. 
But now they're telling me that they think that men can be women or that it's okay for men to cross-dress. That's their value. And they don't care, by the way. They don't care what I say. They don't care what you say. They don't care about our money. They don't care about losing your business. It's the same thing that Bud Light did. They're trying to change your values. They actually hate your values, Christian conservative. They hate what you think. They actually probably don't even really want your business or they think that they don't want your business. So it's it's not really that confusing to me anymore. These companies, Nike, all, all of these companies, they care more about their ESG score. They care more about their score from the human rights campaign. They care more about being called inclusive, tolerant, diverse, pro-LGBTQ, gender fluid, diverse, whatever, more than they do their bottom line. So I still think it's important for us to make our voice known. They shut off comments, of course. They shut off comments on their Instagram post because they can't take the heat. They post something like that that they know is going to be controversial. And then they're mad when it stirs up controversy. And then it gives them the opportunity to be the victim and to say, oh, my goodness. Here we are, the martyrs, laying down on the altar of inclusion and tolerance when really, no, you just joined in the movement of female erasure. You think men and women are interchangeable. You actually think that men in some cases apparently make better women than actual women do. It's not about selling their dresses. Obviously, we're not looking at that dress and thinking, oh yeah, I could see what that would look like on me. And also, when he's spinning around, you see it's freaking dingling. No one wants to see that on Anthropology's page. It's weird. Again, this guy is an incredible dancer. You know, very handsome man. He could be a, he could be a male model. It's not about that. He's a man though. He shouldn't be wearing women's, clo- women's clothing. He shouldn't be wearing it on Anthropology's Instagram page. They shouldn't be platforming that. It's an insult. It's gross. Stop anthropology. Do better. Do better. Okay. Last sponsor for the day. Quinn's Goat Soap. Okay. They've got a Mother's Day special going on. This would be a really thoughtful gift, I think, especially if your wife, she really likes seasonal things. I really like seasonal things. I really like my house to be kind of like themed for each season. And that includes what kind of soap I use. And so they've got a cool thing going on. Uh, Right now, they've got their amazing package, the four seasons of soap with a special discount for Mother's Day. It's 20 uniquely scented bars with four soaps and one shampoo bar for each season. Since like uh, pumpkin spice and cinnamon for fall, peppermint and frankincense for winter, lemongrass for spring, tropical coconut for summer, just to name a few, uh, along with real beeswax, hand and lip balm as a free gift. This is a family-owned company. They make all of this stuff themselves. They have their own goats uh, that they milk for making these products. And so it's really amazing. A very entrepreneurial family. Normally, this package is $120, but for this Mother's Day special, it is only $99. And with my code Allie, it's about $89. So you're getting a really good deal for Mother's Day. So go to qpgoatsoap.com qpgoatsoap.com use code Allie for 10% off the total order to get that discount on this amazing package qpgoatsoap.com code Allie all right that's all we've got time for today lots of other things uh, to talk about that we're gonna 
put off until next week. I was in uh, at San Jose State this week speaking to a group there for Leadership Institute and Turning Point USA. And lots of wonderful students showed up and we had an amazing dialogue. There were some disagreeing students um, that I really appreciated. I appreciated their questions. I'll talk more about that. Actually, one of them sent me a rude and sassy message after. I was like, what the heck, dude? We had a civil exchange and now you're just annoying. Um, And then we had some protesters outside the event saying things like, how do you spell murder TPUSA? You guys are literally protesting for the dismemberment of babies, but okay. Remember, hearts of stone, brains of mush. And there's no real condemnation that comes from us because we've all been there too, right? Like that is where all of us would be. We would all be that confused and that depraved and that chaotic if it weren't for Christ. And so, yes, there's anger. And I think that there is righteous judgment that goes towards those people. But there's also a lot of like, there's a lot of compassion. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They're people who are totally deluded in their minds, hearts of stone, brains of mush. We should pray for them, but we should also be completely unashamed and totally strong and sharing truth to them without fear. All right. That's all we've got time for today. We will see you back here on Monday. 